0: Hello and welcome to The Harsh Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Jamie to talk about the win over Kilmarnock, the draw against Dun United. we we'll chat a little bit about Craig Gordon's injury in the Dun United game, we preview St Johnston and the Edinburgh Derby and we we'll look ahead to the transfer window in January. Merry Christmas everyone, how have the festivities been for you both?
1: Very well Ross, very well, uh, very relaxing, well actually I, I mean I was cooking so it wasn't that relaxing but um, very nice, well fed, family, all good, everybody enjoyed themselves so yeah, can't complain, what about yourself?
0: Uh, yeah, it was quite relaxing as well, we all kind of mucked in and helped mum with the, the cooking, I think she was getting a bit stressed at some points, so it was quite uh it's all all hands on deck. I was I was on the drinks as well. I mean I was getting gins from my mum every twenty minutes it seemed. So, um, she certainly enjoyed herself. Um, <laughs> by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was a good wee day. Good couple of days actually. Um, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Good to relax. Good to recharge the batteries, as they say. Jamie, did you have a a, a good Christmas?
2: Yeah, pretty good. I woke up Christmas Day morning, still absolutely raging after watching, a uh, sports scene back uh not not just for the events at tanadice but um obviously at easter road as well i'm still not quite sure how jason holt was sent off for that i'm sure most of the, the listeners will have seen it by now but uh livingston have appealed out it, so it'll be interesting to see how how that one goes um but as for the yeah as for the hearts game i think it was just a shambles from start to finish gordon i'll know because he didn't fancy walking up the The hill in uh, Dundee, the rest of us did, so he was nice and cosy inside the stadium. Uh, The rest of us were queuing until, I don't know, about quarter past three, because Dundee United had decided to open two turnstiles, both at the same side of the stand, for 2,600 fans, while the stand behind the goal lay empty. So uh, that annoyed me, and uh, didn't really get much calmer for the remainder of the 90 minutes, to be honest. I mean, you, you could have came in at the same
1: time as me. I did offer you the opportunity to get a taxi up the stupid hill, but you didn't take me up on that. You thought you were smart and decided to walk. So, so you know, you've only got yourself to blame in regards to that one, Jama. Fuck
2: off. Dundee <laughs> <laughs> United, what, where are you playing at? Two turnstiles in the same, like, we gate. Everybody's ticket said, like, turnstiles 9, 10, and 11 or whatever, and then 9, 10, and 11 were all shut. Yeah. Two words.
1: They, they, they sent us down to seven and I think I had eleven on my actual yeah. or something like that. But it's a bit claustrophobic as well, those turnstiles, to be fair. When you're if six, we deep, had a like of stadium,
2: if we had a couple of stadium disasters in this country that we could look back on and say, Oh, with this this isn't a good idea, lads. Mm. If I could learn some lessons, that would have been great. But because that genuinely was not a good idea. Um that because that, you got through the turnstiles. And then everybody was just standing on the steps, waiting to go up. And because everybody was having to walk like all the way along the concourse to get to their seat, if they were sitting on the complete other side of the stand, it was just taking forever to get through. And oh, it was horrible, horrible organization. Could have ended very badly, actually. All jokes aside.
0: Okay, well, we'll, we'll chat a wee bit more about Done United um, later on in the show. We'll start by talking about the Kelly game. So we we didn't have a show before Christmas. Um, a three-one win. Um, over Kilmarnock, you know, good performance, Gordon. In your opinion,
1: um, if I can think back that far, uh, uh yeah, no, I think it was. I think first half we were good. Um, thought we started the game well, uh, with the right tempo, like you need to in these sort of games. Um, against teams like Kilmarnock, and we spoke about it on the, on the the podcast prior to to the game that it was all about how Hart started the game. You know, Kilmarnock are very robust and. They were always going to sit in and make it difficult. And I mean, you've seen that from their goalkeeper time-wasting um, within five minutes. Um, I would say, that
0: was ridiculous. And he done it in the League Cup game, if I'm right and saying, as well. Yeah, it's, it,
1: it, it's, it's absolutely barbaric uh, tactics. And, and McInnes has been like that. You know, you, you you go back to his Aberdeen teams and they weren't necessarily... I, I don't recall them time-wasting too often, but um, they would always, you know, if the ball was put out for an injury, if one of their players went down, they would never give you the ball back and things like that so he, he he's always a master when it comes to shithousery um however i don't I don't like time wasting when I, I mean fair enough if they had scored and and they were maybe time wasting right I, I can kind of get it. but nil nil five minutes into the game and you just like get get a grip mate um so yeah, so there was that but well, as i said they, they they left themselves open a little bit which was you know the the kind of for Gino's goal. Um, they, they were playing a bit of a high line, but I think they were kind of caught cold by just the long punt up the park. And it's good that I think Hearts can go direct like that with, with someone like Giannelli's pace to, to get in behind. And unfortunately, I don't think we've done it enough this season. Um, when we have utilised his pace, you, you've seen that he can cause problems for teams. And um, it was a great finish, really composed, fantastic start. And then I think there was only always always going to be one winner from there. And we get the second goal as well. Um, and and really I'm quite disappointed the Hearts never went on and, and really made it more comfortable for themselves. I think the longer it sort of stayed 2-0 and, and you know if a team gets a goal back, um, it can kind of change uh, the, the the mood around the stadium and, and maybe give you a little bit of jitters. And I think we've seen that through that little spell in the second half that uh, come on at CAD. You know, they brought in some attacking players and um, they pushed forward. Although I don't really... Recall Craig Gordon having too much to do, um, even though Kilmanic were kind of pushing and pressing. But again, it was a stupid goal that, that we did concede. You know, we just had a warning about five, ten minutes before that with a similar ball into the box that I don't think we dealt with well enough. Um, they don't learn from it, they totally switch off. And it's something that I think Hearts have struggled with all season. Um, for some reason, quite a lot of them that they just become statues in their own six yard box and, um, you know, Kelly pull one back. Um, and then you think to yourself, well, if they chuck this away, then it's an absolute disgrace. It would be a proper bottle job. But um, they go and get the third. Um, I think it's a penalty. Um, I, I don't agree with uh, what Michael Stewart was talking about. Um, there's no reason for his hand to be up that high. It's a total unnatural position, and it clearly strikes his uh, his his hand there. Penalty kick. Uh, Shankman again didn't have the best game. Uh, he wasn't really involved in a lot. Um, so. Well, particularly in the second half anyway. Um so it was good that, that he he was able to get his goal. Obviously, I know he scored in the first half as well, but um he didn't he didn't sort he had a better first half than the second half anyway. Um but I think maybe that was just the way the game was going. Um but yeah, another and our two goals for him. And uh and a and a good result, three one, I think, to to kind of start things off um, after a five week layoff and um results obviously had went our way. Um, that weekend so yeah I, I, I think it's, it's a good start, a good performance and uh, it's just a shame that we conceded.
0: It was a shame we conceded but it was a positive way to start back Jamie wasn't it?
2: Yeah 100% um, I, I think um for this kind of first game back it was kind of all about the result uh, mainly because I'm not sure what a lot of the managers were kind of expecting from their players coming back off this kind of strange break. You speak to all the players and now they're they it was seems to be a very strange time, obviously. They're not used to having this length of break at this point of the season. So to kind of get themselves back up to to full speed again. Um I think you could see guys like Halkett, he's at fault for the goal. It, you know, it was just very rusty, I think, coming back. Um but anyway, nevertheless, good to get the Good to get the three points and I thought it was no more than we deserved, first half especially, I thought we were very good um, considering we were just kind of coming back from a, a pre-season if you like, I think was kind of what Robbie had said, Um, so good to kind of get ourselves in front, I think the first goal against a team like Tom Marnick as Gordon says that are just kind of going to sit in is is crucial, Um, so it was good to get that and then we kicked on and got the second before half time. 2 0 leads, I know it's a cliche, but they always say the next kind of goals goal's crucial, and, and naturally when Kilmarnock got it, it became a wee bit nervy around the around the stadium. Um and I agree with Gordon, I thought it was penalty. And that was Shankon's 14th goal. Obviously, went on to get another one at Tandice. But uh yeah, championship striker, eh?
0: And it is good we've now got a striker we can rely on to to get the goals, Gordon. You know the there is talk. Well, you probably will beat Robbo's record of twenty goals in a season. You'd imagine.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's quite harsh. Um, saying that we now have a striker we can lie on. When we've had Liam Boyce the last two seasons, um, who scored well into double figures, um, and then you had Lafferty prior to that. So it's not like the the dark old days where, you know, we didn't have um virtually anybody you know we, we had you know three or four um strikers who were maybe had no more than six goals over three seasons um so it's it's certainly a a, a lot better but yeah i i love nothing more than a number nine scoring all the goals i, I really do i've always I always believed that your your striker should be your top goal scorer and certainly as hearts fans growing up i think more than anything we've never really been used to that i think as a club and maybe the way we've just always kind of played we've been used to our our midfielders being our top goal scorers um so it is good to see the the kind of the main number nine being the man that you can rely on to get the goals and um as Jamie says you know it it was it was 14 uh he made it 14 at Kilmarnock and then obviously it's 15th against Dundee United and funny enough the, the Dundee United game was one where he virtually didn't have a kick all game and then bang he pops up with a penalty right at the end and I think that I all again, I'm all about strikers taking penalties because um I think that's their job is to score goals. And I remember Boyce missed a few and everyone was saying oh we should come off penalties, but it doesn't matter. I mean, even if Shankland I mean well Shankland did miss
2: one against um was it Celtic he missed No.
1: Has he missed a penalty? I feel like Well
2: he, he, he missed it against Celtic but then it was given as a retake mind that's and right. he it, So. You said he did uh, not miss the penalty in short. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that that's obviously right. Yeah. I, I did I could kind of see one in my head that, that he did miss. But yeah. Um and but even if he had missed, even if that hadn't been retaken, I mean I know we scored obviously from the rebound, but even if like just say we had missed that and, and think not get go from it, he would still be there to take the next one again. And I think that's that's the thing about a striker that um they're always confident and I think from twelve yards you would always fancy them. Um, so it's good that he's got that confidence at the moment. Fifteen before December, yeah, I would absolutely fancy him to go on and break um break that twenty goal kind of curse. Um, I feel like if uh, if Ellis Sims hadn't came in last season and and done so well, I think if Liam Boyce had been leading the line for Hearts, I think he would have done. I think he would have got to twenty goals last season. Um, it just so happens that he he, de- he was deployed a little bit deeper to to get the best out of Sims. Um, where Shankland, you know, you're not really going to see that. I don't think, um, in the summer in January. Sorry, um, I think he will always be the number nine because that ultimately is, is his position. You know, he's um, I was quite critical, kind of, um, October November time, um, particularly in the European games and things like that. I felt he was being deployed too deep. Um, he's clearly a six yard box striker. Get him in the box. I don't like this. Making your striker sit in the halfway line and almost being the first defender, I'm not keen on that. I, I think you know your strikers that score goals, get him constantly playing off the shoulder, get him in that box and get and create and get them and get them scoring goals. And um, I think it's clear when when you do create chances for him, you will score. And he's one of these players that um you, you almost find that he can. If he t- if he gets one swipe in and it gets blocked it just seems to to fall right back to him and he and he gets it he gets it with the the um the, the kind of the rebound there and that that comes down to instincts and um you know for for a, a player with that intelligence and and i can't believe you know obviously it was a beer short that he was at before last season i believe they were playing him fullback um crazy when you think about it uh so yeah he, he's he's had a fabulous start to his heart's career hopefully uh, he can continue you know he's, he's a guy that scores goals Certainly everywhere he's went, um, you know, from Ayr to, to obviously Dundee United and and now he's doing it at Hearts. And a lot of people were, were saying, you know, a championship striker and all this nonsense, but there's not too much difference between the championship and the Premier League. You know, if you create for a guy who is as naturally talented when it comes to finishing as, as Shankland, he was always going to get you goals.
2: And the the problem for me, just to jump in with that, the, that argument, my biggest bug bite was... The, the premiership team that Lauren Shanklin had, had played in most recently was Dundee United's team under Mickey Mellon, who were like the lowest scorers that season. Mellon was worse than Levine for negative football. Um, so, just a, a totally incompatible um, two incompatible teams for me, him and We look at the amount of chances the Hearts missed at times last season. Shanklin was always going to bury those, so yeah, no surprise for me. And as Gordon says, it's good to see um, the kind of striker curse getting broken, but you know, we've, we're even sending out forwards on loan now and they're going away and banging in double figures young. Ewan Henderson obviously went away and, and banged in 14 at, at Aloha. So, you know, we've, we've got strikers that aren't even on our books that are going in and scoring double figures. So that curse is well and truly gone now.
1: You can't help yourself, can you?
2: It's good
0: to see the Ewan Henderson fan club is alive and kicking still on the hearts of you. Obviously, on Christmas Eve, we drew two two with United. Um, the game was obviously overshadowed, Gordon, with uh, the injury to Craig Gordon.
1: Yeah, yeah, a, a really horrific injury for him. Um, sad to see. Um, you know, a, a, an absolute legend of the club. Uh, certainly, in my opinion, the greatest player that we've ever produced, or I've probably ever actually seen, um, in a Hearts jersey. Um and the the irony is you know you'd actually just produced a, a brilliant save around five minutes before that from from a Fletcher header and um you know we were we were all saying well what what a save and um but it's just it's just what Craig Gordon does you know he's he's a magnificent goalkeeper and um and to see to see that happen to him is sad and uh, I know he's he's he said in the paper today well certainly Nielsen did that they expect him to come back and fight back but. Realistically, it's very difficult to see him come back now. Um, certainly at the level he has been at, anyway. I mean, he might still come back and potentially play for Hearts. Still, I don't think he'll be number one. Um, as crazy as that maybe sounds, I think uh, by the time he gets back, he might have to to be deployed as a number two. But he's a fantastic number two to to certainly have. Um, I just feel like that an injury like that, um. More physically, I think, for him, because it's clear that that psychologically he can bounce back from from tough injuries. Um, And this one will hurt, of course it will, but I think he is definitely someone who has that mental resolve that he he, he can get over that. But I just think physically it will be too much for him at at 40-year-old, particularly, I think, because he he had his eye clearly very much on wanting to, to be Scotland's number one at a major tournament. He had twenty twenty four in his in his um in his mind, um, two years to go. Uh I think that's I don't think that's gonna happen now. Um which is a which is a shame. And I think that was what was pushing him more than anything. Um so I think by the time he, he does get back, I think unfortunately those kind of um aspirations will be over. Uh, I think that Scotland will have a new number one. Hopefully Xander Clark from a selfish hearts point of view um hopefully he'll come in and, and do very well. Um so by the time Craig Gordon gets back, you know, there's no worries. Um but I I just think that it is a sad way for a legend of the game to go out like that. Um and hopefully from from Hart's point of view, you know, he he does get back and um he can play for the club again. But I think from from his point of view um and his aspirations to you know to be our number one for for many years to come, and for him to to get in the Scotland squad, I just unfortunately don't think that will happen now. Um, I think Xander Clark is a very very good goalkeeper. Um, I think Hearts are actually very lucky to have him, and I think now if he can uh, certainly recapture his form, um, like he did at St John's, I think he'll be Hearts's number one. Hopefully now for the next ten years potentially himself. So, um. Yeah, it's sad for Craig Gordon, you know, because I generally think he could have become Scotland's uh, uh, kind of goalkeeper at, at the next major tournament they've got there. Um, I just think now, unfortunately, that's that's probably not going to happen, and, and it'll be a real shame for him. Um, you never know; they might take him. Um, but I don't think he'll be the number one by the time that comes round. And um, yeah, horrific injury. He was brave and going for the ball. Um, baffling decision from the referee to give a penalty. Who. I thought was he was a disgrace all day. I said at the time when they both collided. I thought that's never that's not a penalty. It's never a penalty in a million years. Um, of course we didn't know the extent of of what had happened to Craig Gordon. You know, I just thought he was maybe play acting a little bit to try and maybe get sympathy. See if it gets overturned. But then you know when they come out with the stretcher and then you have seen his leg and the brace, you knew it was a pretty serious injury. Um, so sad. Um, but he is a fighter, and uh, and hopefully. Um, I mean, it'll probably be a year's time, but hopefully this time next year we'll we'll be talking about him back in the in the heart squad again.
0: Jamie, there is a few there is a few headaches with Craig Gordon getting injured. Um, the big one being the captaincy. Who does that go to? Um, who do you think it should go to?
2: Well, do you know what Ross? Until I'd seen the heart's reviews tweet today, I hadn't even thought about the captaincy. I just was not wasn't thinking about that uh i don't know who took over on Saturday. gordon you might be able to tell me
1: i i don't i'm funny enough i asked the same question um i i asked the same question um to everybody around us and i don't think anybody took the armband i think just he, he went off with it but um i think given the players that were on the park at that time you would imagine um probably stodgrass um perhaps even uh, Smith potentially, because uh, obviously Kingsley and Halkett were both off the park at that time. So, um, yeah, you would imagine him or Smith are probably the two that you would maybe think, um, would would be leading, um, for for that armband. But I think I think there's a few potential captains in there. At least you know you've got to remember Craig Gordon's a goalkeeper and how much influence does he really have on on the team particularly uh, in the middle of the park and things like that. I I I would give it Snodgrass personally. Um, I, I just think that given his experience and the way he kind of conducts himself on and off the park, I think he's uh he's well worthy of it. But I I'm not even sure who the actual vice captain is because obviously I know it was John Souter um before, but obviously they didn't really announce anything in the summer there. I mean I would hazard a guess and say they maybe have gave it to Halkett possibly, but. You know, it doesn't even look like he might be playing too often this season. So, um, yeah, for me it would be snotty. But um, I mean, we we remember speaking to Don Kiwi and and one of our lockdown shows, and I remember asking him. He was the obvious candidate for the captaincy at the time, and they gave it to and and Robbie gave it to to uh, Perry Kitchen. So, um, I would always be I would always handle Nielsen's decisions with a little bit of caution. He sometimes. Uh, does the kind of the left field option. He'll probably give it Callie Devlin or something, but um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. But I think, Sha- uh, sorry, Shanklin, Snowgrass, I think, is is the obvious candidate for me.
2: I think Snow- Gordon mentioned Snowgrass. I think that's as good a reason as any, his experience and all that. Um, There's a few that I would kind of, like, obviously would disagree with, like, you know, you wouldn't give it to Barry McKay, wouldn't give it to Shanklin, Janelli, but like, there's a few kind of in the defense even roles or something, I wouldn't be against that. I remember Craig Gordon saying a while ago that uh, he was really looking forward to getting Halkett back because he was really good at talking. Obviously, we speak about Gordon just being that bit further back on the pitch. Halkett apparently was was very good at the talking, and um, so he probably would have been a shout had he been fit, but he's not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm not sure who that's gonna who that's gonna falter. It's not grass, so let's go with not grass.
0: Moving on and chatting a little bit about the game, the referee's performance wasn't great, was it?
1: No, it was. It was an embarrassing performance from a mediocre referee. Um, I think. I mean, just looking back on it, to be honest with you, you, you kind of you look at the hearts penalty that you obviously overturned. Now, for me, I think that could easily be a penalty. Um, I'm not sure I buy into all this shite about oh what hit is arm that was helping him stay up and all this crap. I mean he's handled it in the box when the attacking team when it's clearly disadvantaged the attacking team. Um, had the referee not given the penalty there and then, um, because he was very quick to blow. I mean he, in his mind it's hit it's hit the, the the arm of the defender um or June or whoever it was um and he's he's gave it right away. Now Hart's actually I think if you if you watch play kind of unfold before he gives the penalty, let's have an opportunity to, to have a strike at goal from from that kind of um ruckus in, in the middle of the park. But he's gave the penalty. Now for me it should stand on that basis. Um the advantage should go to the attacking team. I, I just think it's a complete cop out to say, well, you know, it's hit his um arm that's keeping him up straight. I mean you you, you then make the argument, well why why is he even having to go to ground? Um, you know, there was two or three players beside him. It's not as if he's blocking it on the goal line. Um so for me, yeah, I think that's a very, very dubious call. Um from then to give the second penalty, the 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 one involving Craig Gordon, is an embarrassing uh, I mean his linesman has got a clear view as well. He should clearly see that Craig Gordon has made the save and say nope, never a penalty in a million years, but therefore he gives a penalty. And then he took about 10 minutes to get it overturned. You know, when Gordon's down getting treatment, he should be right over there speaking, well, right looking at that VAR, you know, and and making his own decision where, you know, I think the stretcher was on the park and Gordon was getting transferred over before he eventually came over and actually had a look at it. Um, So that's frustrating. And then I actually thought the hearts penalty wasn't a penalty. Said at the time, I couldn't believe he had actually given it. And, And I think by this point, they were never going to overturn that because they had already overturned two penalties already for him. I just don't think that they would um they would turn round and say right there's a especially so late in the game and feel the wrath of of the kind of um the hearts bench and and fans. I think they just said right okay you've gave the penalty let let them just get on with it and uh, but I I can't believe it was it was given at the time and I've seen it back and I still don't think it was a penalty and I'm fairly certain Nielsen. Said he didn't think it was a penalty either, so, um, I think we got a little bit lucky there, but it just sort of shines a light on the incompetent performance of them. Uh, I don't think he covered himself in, in particular, glory, and, and instead of talking about, um, two two decent sides going at it, and and I mean it wasn't a great game, and there wasn't a f- whole flurry of chances, but it was two sides that were certainly uh competitive and. And it was, and it wasn't a boring game anyway. Um, and instead of talking about that, you know, you're you're sitting talking about two VAR decisions getting overturned, um, and then one given that, that perhaps maybe should have got overturned. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great day at the office for the officials.
0: Jamie, is it, is it a positive that you know we can play not so well, but still come away with a draw at Tanadice? Usually we go up there. You know, or usually we we go away from home and you know put in bad performances and get beat. You know, we're still getting draws. We're still picking up points.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Um, just to jump in on the on the referee, um, the so the first penalty, um, the the doom hand ball. I'm pretty sure it's hit both his arms, and see if they haven't given that in the first place. I would have said okay fine because I think it's up for debate but then to go and overturn that and say that that is a remember VAR is supposed to be for clear and obvious errors I'm not sure how it can hit both of someone's hands or arms or whatever in the penalty box and then it get overturned and say it's not a penalty there's no way that that is clear and obviously not a penalty kick no way so once he's given that I can't think. I, I don't think he should be able to change his mind, and it's the same if he hasn't given it. I don't think he can then go and give it. I think you just need to go with your gut instinct and say that. Well, I can't change it because I'm, I'm not definitely sure that that is a, a clear and obvious error. So that one really annoyed me um, in the in the first place. Um, but it's not the first time that we've seen Colin Stephen and not been impressed. So yeah, he's 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 one to keep an eye on because he's he's not very good. Um, As for Hearts. I didn't think we were great, um, but yeah, you you take a point and you move on to the next one and say we need to be better. And now we need to go and beat St. John'son. You know, if we'd beaten Dungeon United, I would have probably taken a point tomorrow night. Of course, I want to go and win the game, but uh, I would, you know, a point wouldn't have been the end of the world. But you know, now we've dropped points. I kind of want to go and get back, uh, back on the on the winning trail. But as we know, that's not the ground that we do very well at, which I'm sure we'll get on to.
0: Uh, we can move on to it now. You know, St Johnston, a ground that we tend not to win at, Gordon. Um, we should be going up there and winning, though,
1: shouldn't we? 100%. Um, I mean, it's probably a, a difficult time to play them because they are they are in pretty good form at the moment. You know, they've beaten Rangers up there. And, um, you know, I think... Um, I, I don't know what their run is, but I think going into the Celtic game, they were, I think, five unbeaten or something. So... Um. Yeah, they they are certainly a, a a long way from from the team that they were. Maybe at the start of the season, a lot of people maybe were tipping them to go down, and um, it was always going to be very difficult for them last season. You know, to to come off the high of winning a double, and then obviously they lost key players, and they had the right go in Europe. Um, and they just they they got themselves into a rut, but in the end, they managed to keep themselves in the league by the skin of their teeth. I think. This season, it was always going to be a little bit different for them. You know, they've added kind of a, a little bit of experience. I think they were struggling with injuries and things like that at the start of the season, but now they seem to have got a kind of settled 11. Um, you can see that they're a pretty decent mid-table team. I don't think they're anything better than that. and I, I wouldn't consider them to be, you know, um, European rivals or anything like that, but I think certainly they're a solid mid-table outfit. Um, and it'll be a difficult game for Hearts, and it always is up there, but it has to change eventually. Um... And there's, you know, Hearts should fancy themselves going up there. It's a game that certainly we need to win. Um, you know, particularly because we did drop points at the, at the weekend there. But we're taking a massive crowd again. Um, it's under the lights. And I think Hearts should go and approach it um, and, and try and win the game. But I think it'll, it'll be a similar game, how it's kind of turned out. Um, well, how it probably was last season, really. You know, I think it was, ended all square. But I think Hearts, had chances to win it, but at the same time St Johnston started the game well and, and deservedly were one 0 up. But I thought when Hearts came into it they, they took control of the game and, and probably should have won it in the end. Um I think they've got to kind of take that experience on and, and go there and just don't don't do anything stupid. Um watch themselves defensively but you know try and take their chances when they get it. And you know we're we'll talking about Shanklin there. These are the sort of games where you'd expect your number nine to go and nick that goal. And, and win it for you. Yeah. I think it'll probably be a goal in it if, if any team's gonna win it. Um I don't see us going up there and winning two, three 0 no or anything like that, but I think certainly there's there's absolutely no reason why hearts don't go up there and win the game and, and they should be looking at doing that. Um it could almost be a key result for them. Um particularly in the race for Europe. I think if hearts were to go up there and win and I think certainly our our rivals for third would, would probably look at that one. Um and it would probably raise eyebrows a little bit, I think, if if we we're, we're go up there and and get a and get a good three points. I think it would knock a bit of fear into them, and I think that's important when you're, um, when you are competing for a uh, Europe. Um, you know, Aberdeen went to St Mirren, uh, on Saturday, and I, I firmly expected them to lose the game. Um, yeah. and and they they duly delivered, and to be honest with you, had they actually won, up there. I would have then had, had my eyebrows raised. I would have went, wow, that's a pretty impressive result for them. Um, but thankfully that didn't happen. And, um, you know, they, they, they lost the game. We couldn't take advantage at Tandice, but it is a difficult place to go. You know, Jamie was telling me before the game that, I mean, I remember Aberdeen losing up there, but I couldn't remember Hibs losing up there, but apparently they did as well. So um, it, show you, it shows you it is a difficult place for teams to go, despite how they've um, started the season. Um so I suppose if you, you kind of looked at the, the three games over the festive period um, of uh, the two away games, Dundee Knights and Johnston, and then obviously Derby Hibbs if you said seven points, you would certainly take that. And I'm pretty sure I did say that that seven points would be a, a good target. You want nine, but seven wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. So if Hearts can go and pick up um, six points out of these next two games, um, then it leaves them in a really good position going into January.
0: Uh, Jamie, with with the league being so tight, you know these are the sort of games we need to win to sort of pull away in third.
2: Hundred percent. If St. Johnson win, they'll go above us, and that'll be their incentive. So, um, I think last season was kind of a rarity. I am um, where we kind of romped third, if you like. I am. Um, I'm not sure we'll we'll see too many more kind of campaigns like that. I do look at the table and think that Hearts oh, so are the third best team in the country if we've got everybody fit, but we don't have everybody fit. So, um. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how the, the rest of the season goes. Um, But yeah, tomorrow's a big game because then we could suddenly find ourselves, I don't know, what with two points ahead of Hibs or something now? Lose tomorrow, Hibs probably will get beat by Celtic. Say we don't win tomorrow, Hibs come to Tank Castle. And knowing uh, that if they beat us, they could go above us. So, you know, I'd rather that wasn't the case. Um, So, yeah, Gordon's right, six points. But uh, we we speak about you know St. John'son as if we're just going to go up and win. How many times have we said this on this podcast down the years? We never seem to win up there, so I'm not uh, not holding my breath. Are you convinced we're going to get beat then, Jamie? Yeah, one 0 Ryan McGowan. Glad we're well, full of positivity. It's good. You, Jim, Jim will get
0: beat, Gordon.
1: No, I think he has to win. Um, I, I do. I think it's got to change sometime, and. Um... Well, they're a good side I remember them at 10 Castle earlier in the season they battled hard and they were maybe slightly unfortunate to lose the game but um I think hearts will Nick it I do I think it'll either be one or two nil um I just think it's it's it may be a game that maybe suits hearts at this time um you know guys like snodgrass and things like that they, they kind of revel in these sort of battles and um yeah I I, I absolutely think that we'll'll we'll, we'll go on and win the game
0: Obviously, after New Year, it's the Derby, Gordon. Hey, massive game at Tin Castle.
1: Yeah, huge game. Um, you know, th- these are the games that really kind of decide Robbie Nielsen's future. Let's let's be honest with you here, because if he starts losing these games again, then I don't see how he lasts very long.
0: Um, you know, I'm just going to butt in, you know, we get the mention from yourself of Robbie Nielsen, um Robbie Nielsen out, sort of thing, and we've also, we've also had a mention of Young Ewan Henderson. You know, it's good you're keeping on on point.
1: Well, you know, the, the, this podcast has a history of toning the line, and, and it's important that we always do that. But um, <laughs> as, as I was kind of saying, but it's true though. You know, I mean, he's, he's Derby. I mean, people still talk about 2016, me included. Um, he's went to Hamden. In fairness, he's beaten twice. He's kind of almost laid it to bed. But if he was to go and lose a Tynecastle Castle Derby, you know, you would you would see the knives would soon be sharpened for him. Um, if they aren't already um getting a little bit glistened over um the last few weeks um, so massive game for him, massive game for the club. I think they will beat Hibbs. I, I I've said for a while. I think they're a poor side. Um, yeah, they've went and beat Livingston at the weekend there, but they were playing against ten men for an hour, and especially against a Levy team that had went to Parkhead and and would have wasted a lot of energy um trying to defend and kind of um sort of exalve that Celtic attack and, and to be fair they have done pretty well. I mean they only came away with a two one defeat. Um something I'm sure Robbie would be extremely proud of. Um so you you you've kinda of got to take that into to consideration there and, and take that with a pinch of salt. Um Hibs play Celtic midweek I would expect Celtic to to go in and 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 beat them but that is a ground that they have struggled at. Derbies are funny games, they are, you know, even when you think you're overwhelming favourites, sometimes it doesn't go your way but Um, We have a notoriously good record in the derbies. Um, I think it's important that that we go on there and and try and win 2 or 3 nil. I don't know if it's realistic or not that Callum Patterson could maybe make a second Hearts debut. Um, You never know. Uh, That would certainly be a good boost if we could get a wee sign-in in in there before kick-off um, on the second. But, yeah, it's 3 o'clock. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. And I think the most important thing um, is that we start quickly and, and we get the fans up for it, I think. Last season, even even the game that, that we won, um, we didn't start the game well. You know, Hibs went 1-0 up. Um, and it took us a good 20 minutes before we kind of got, we found our feet a little bit. And I, I don't think you can afford to do that uh, this time. I think um, it'll be a volatile atmosphere. You know, everyone was kind of had one eye on the, um, the semi-final, that, that, that particular game, Um it was a little bit different. It was more of a party mood when hearts equalized and, you know, it was sending them down to the bottom six. So this is this is a massive game. Um and particularly as Jamie says, you know, there isn't a million miles between the two clubs in terms of points. But I think when you look at squads, hearts are um a lot better than them. And I think we've got to go there and, and short authority. We should have won the game back in April in August. Um they stole a point at the end can't make sure that, that that happens again um you can't sit be sitting there 1-0 with 10 minutes to go 5 minutes to go and and decide that you're going to rest on it you know I want hearts to go out there and have that game done um by the hour mark so we can enjoy it um you know I want a 2-3-0 lead um and and then really let the players kind of revel in it and um you know the big cup game coming up as well it's important that, that we do build momentum going into that game so massive game, home game. The expectation and the onus will be on Hearts to go out there and win it, um, to play well, um. But it'll be a battle. It normally is. Um, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if, uh, if it is an edgy affair. Even uh, we do expect Hearts to go out there and win. You know, my heart says that Hearts are going to go and win five 0 um. But my head says realistically it could be a one 0 Um, wouldn't shock me if it was a traditional nil nil. So um, yeah, massive game though, and it's uh. It'd be a huge catalyst and hearts going on at finish third if they can
2: get 3 points in this one.
0: Jamie would it be panic stations if we don't win the game against Hibs?
2: Well, I wouldn't say it'd be panic stations but funnily enough I was uh, Robbie was was doing the Hearts TV stuff today and he said uh, that you know it was kind of time was now to start kicking on and all that you know we, we kind of said yeah when we get to to after the break you know we get the players back and all that you know We'll need to we'll need to hit the ground running because you know we weren't we weren't in third where obviously we want to finish. So when you're we're just taking into this second half of the season now. Obviously, uh, I think that'll be the Hibs game will be the the 19 for the half halfway stage or something of the season. So um yeah you know we'll need to start start kicking on pretty soon um if we want to finish third. I don't think it's going to be 10 or 12 points or anything that we'll finish third. But uh, yeah if we. If we want to finish for then yeah, you probably need to kinda of beat your beat your uh, teams that you're expecting to be in and around about you. So that's obviously Hibs I'm I'm expecting. Um St Johnson away when Aberdeen come to Tyne Castle, and I don't know, whenever that is pretty soon. Um, you know, we'll need to go and go and beat them as well if we want to finish for it. So yeah, I guess simple answer is yes, Ross.
1: Yeah, hundred hundred percent, you know, it's it's there for hearts and um I think I've said before that there's a real opportunity for us to go on a run now. Um, obviously we drew at the weekend there, but it's still, it's still four points from our first two games. Ah, uh, you go and win the next two, then then you think right that that's a good start. And then it takes you into January, and it's you know we've got double header against St Mirren, um, which will be tough. But I I would expect us to win the home game and and then the away game. You know, even if you were to take a point from that, given their record at home this season that they've beaten Celtic and um drew with Rangers and and of course they, they they've beaten Aberdeen as well so um clearly a difficult place to go but um you would look at that and think right you know we've sold out our, our end already um go there and, and and get points on the board and then kind of see them off a little bit as well and then obviously Aberdeen come to town um so it's an important run for hearts at the moment I think if they can take as many points as they can and kind of go through a little unbeaten period then, because um, I think January will look back on it as, as being the the key month and where Hearts secured third and, and I think if you look back at last season, I think we had probably two key months and one of them for me was March because um, we were, we were kind of, we had a little, bit, a little bit of a slight in February uh, it wasn't a great month for us and then funny enough we went to St Mirren and won um, and that sort of kick-started us again you know, we, we went through in the cup and um, for me, it kick-started our season again, and we had a similar kind of October, um, that season as well, and we 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 picked up some key results, and I think now, for me, January has to be that key month, and um, you know, as I said, it's all teams that, that are in and around us, uh, you know, if you if you even want to add the end of December into it as well, because so of the fact that St Johnston Hibbs. Um, St Mirren, Aberdeen, all the teams round about us now. So there's a real opportunity for Hearts to go clear. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the team have what it takes.
0: Obviously, with the transfer window opening, Gordon, um, you'd expect Hearts as well to get a few recruits.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would expect the the, the club to uh to make some signings. You know, they're um, they're obviously making noises about that. Um, Callum Patterson, as as I just mentioned, there looks like it's edging edging ever closer. Um and let's hope they can get that done for the start of January. Um that would be a really good sign and I think he would add so much to us. Um in a number of positions really I think he you know, you could play him in that kind of right wing back role. I think he would he would do very well in, but you can also go up front as well when needed. So he's a very versatile player. He knows the club, big strong, um, can score um and and can defend a little bit as well. So um, bringing someone of that caliber in would be a really good signing for us. Um, you don't know too much about um the sort of the, the Japanese guy. Um, is it Oda or something? Is uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but um, it looks like that on paper. So hopefully he could be a wee gem again. Um, but you never know. You know, I mean, we've we've seen kind of the the impact that um Devlin and and Rose have kind of had and. Um, and then you sort of look at it, maybe Atkinson hasn't perhaps kicked on as, as maybe what we hoped he might have done um, but it, it just shows you that there's a market and, and clearly Hearts do their their homework and, and they'll be confident that they've maybe got a, another wee gem so so hopefully that'll be the case and then I would expect them potentially maybe they, they might fancy adding another centre-half to, to their ranks because um, you don't know how long Halkett's going to be out I mean I think it's Quite clear is proven that um he's pretty unreliable. Unfortunately, um I think he's barely kicked the ball this season, um and we just handed him th- a three-year contract. But you know if he's going to be getting um getting injuries, and let's be honest, with you, you know it's that wasn't an impact injury. Um as Nielsen's alluded to a few times, you know he says you can't help these things, but that he was trying to shield the ball out and then just fell over. And, on his knee, and you think, well, I'm sorry, but if you're that unreliable, if you aren't that fit, then a club the size of Hearts we can't rest rest on our laurels and and say, you know, oh well, it's fine. We'll nurture you until you get fit. I mean, we've done that with Suter and look what happened to him. He pissed off the first chance he got. So, um, not for me, I'm afraid. I think we should we we should potentially look at um maybe getting another defender, and potentially they they might look in the loan market. Who knows, um. Particularly if Nielsen's going to insist on playing this back three crap. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, hopefully, is not far away. Um, I'd like to see him back again because um, he would add to the midfield. So you wouldn't, I think, need to go and buy another midfielder. I think we're pretty stocked in the middle of the park. And then you've got obviously Keo and Haran and Grant and, and these sort of guys. So I think we're, we're okay there. Um, I, I think... The fact they've given Boyce another deal, I, I don't think they'll go and get another striker. Maybe a loan deal, perhaps. Um but yeah, I think you're only looking at two or three really for them to come in. I think a couple of players will go out. Um, Henderson, maybe Mackay Stephen will be the, the obvious candidates to leave. You might have said Ross Stewart before Craig Gordon got injured, but I think they'll you know, they'll they can't unless they're gonna bring another goalie in, I don't see him leaving. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think there'll there'll certainly be ins and outs. Um there'll be players who haven't maybe played as much who'll who'll potentially be wanting to move on. Um but obviously you still need to replace these because you still need to have a squad. So we'll see what happens. So I think it'll be a very interesting month. And in January normally you always find this when, when when it comes to hearts, very rarely is it a uh a, a quiet January anyway.
0: Jamie, you want to comment or are you allowed to comment on transfers now? <laughs>
2: I don't know anything to be fair so any comments are solely made uh, solely made by my own personal opinions I would be surprised if Hearts didn't sign a centre half um, and as for the goalkeeper yeah the goalkeeper will be interesting to see if they if they go for another goalkeeper or not Um, Cheesy obviously did very well at Celtic Clark earlier in the season Um, fair play to him he's maybe proved a few no 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 no.
1: One, one game out of five or six that he's played doesn't he warrant well done Cheesy Let's not pretend here that he's not been an RC's previous six, five, six games they'd played prior to that Celtic Park game. So we still lost as well.
2: Thank we're not, you no, cheesy.
1: Cheesy. If we're having to rely on cheesy and goals, God help us.
2: You've not heard his banter, Gordon.
1: Fuck his banter. I'm not interested in his banter. I want competent goalkeepers. And, uh, you know, if we're going to rely on a number two, I'd probably rather be Stone, if anything. But he's a young lad who needs to play and get experience. So I would quite like to see him. Um, go out on loan and then you know if we need to bring in another number two fine but um hopefully you know PZ won't be playing anyway. I think it'll be Xander Clark and hopefully he'll stay fit and and he'll be the goalkeeper that we all hope and, and know that he will be.
2: Yeah GMS is an interesting one as well. Uh am I right in saying GMS is at a contract in summer. Yeah. Uh, so I, he's, yeah. he's obviously injured so uh and I don't think he's gonna get another deal. So um I don't know what they'll do with him. Might part ways. I don't know. Um, time how, time.
1: how How is he injured, by the way? I mean, he's not even done anything all season. He broke, broke his hand, broke his hand or something, did he not? I, I was at dice last year, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Pretty sure that's what he's done. Has he not played since then? Has he actually put, he picked the ball this season? Uh-huh. Hmm. Actually, I mean, you actually forget he's in that hearts, don't you? Um, yeah.
2: Young New Henderson's kept him out of the team.
1: No, you mean kept him off the bench. <laughs> um I think uh, yeah, I heard that Motherwell were sniffing about GMS, so I, I don't know how concrete that is, but um you could maybe see him go there. I mean he's only thirty, I think, so it's not as if he's done by any stretch of the imagination, but um yeah, he's been a disappointment because I think when Hart signed him you thought, yeah, he could do well. Uh, you know, he had just left Celtic and uh he had went to no He'd
2: he was, yeah.
1: Uh, he, was yes. he, had left Ab- he had left Aberdeen and he had went to America, but um, he was only there for eighteen months. But you know, he was he was a key player at Aberdeen. He had still done well. You thought, yeah, he could come and do a job, but he's flat to deceive. And unfortunately, he's um, the only time he ever seems to play well is when the sun's out. Um, to be honest with you, you know, he starts the season with a couple of goals, and then does nothing. Then towards the end of the season, he does all right. And then at the start I think he I think he scored a couple of preseason goals and, you know, done nothing after that. So yeah, very disappointed with him. Um he will go down as a flop, but um I think he'll he'll probably go somewhere else and um I don't know, to be honest with you, how how he'll do. I think his career unfortunately is on the decline, which sometimes happens with uh, flamboyant wingers. Um you find as soon as they lose a little bit of pace, they just they become journeymen, and I think that might be what happens to him, but shame, but uh, you know, is what it is.
0: And we'll finish by asking for predictions for the two games coming up. Firstly, St Johnston, Gordon.
1: Yeah, 2-0. I think I'll go with 2-0. That was our last league win up there was 2-0. I was there that day, um, November, Um, and I
2: think it'll be a similar outcome, hopefully. Sure, I was uh, still in a cot that day, Gordon. Um, I'll go one St. Johnson, and for the derby,
1: uh, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm
2: gonna follow my
1: heart, and I'm gonna say five nil. Um, yeah, I am. I uh, they are <laughs> due a doing off of us, and uh, and I think that I, honestly, I just think it will click for hearts, and I hope so. Hope I'm not eating my words. Um. But I, I really do think that, that Hearts can give them a doing. I don't I don't rate them. I don't think they're a great side. I think Porteous is out. Not that I think he's a good defender. Um, I think they're, you know, hopefully Lewis Stevenson will play. Add to his record of uh, most derby defeats, I think, of any Hibs player, which takes them doing because they've had loads over the years. Um, hopefully Paul Hanlon plays as well another our donkey. And uh, Hearts can give them a real doing and send them on
2: their way. Yeah, the defence is definitely not too clever. Um, that'll admit, Porteus obviously will be out for the derby. Porteus I don't think has won a derby, but uh, I still think he's one of the better defenders at that at that team. So you would expect Hanlon to play um, middle of the park. To be fair to Hibbs, I think if they had Boyle, I still think Boyle, Nisbet and McGuinness as a kind of front free is actually quite good, but the rest of the team... Not sure it's really good enough. Got a good goalkeeper, to be fair, in David Marshall for, for the level. Anyway, for the Scottish Premiership, I think he's a solid enough goalkeeper. But, uh, yeah, I'll go a very tentative 1-0 to Hearts. I'm
0: going to go 2-1. I think we'll win 2-1. I don't think we're going to quite win 5-0. What did you say first in the Johnson game, sorry? I don't know. Do you give a prediction? I think we will draw 0-0. I think it's going to be a yeah, draft. Are you right. no draw. going, Ross? I am going. I'll be there tomorrow. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, on the train tomorrow. Heading up. So...
2: To <laughs> Perth. What a disaster. What could possibly go wrong? It's not real.
0: <laughs> we all get stuck in Perth. What a day. What a time. Um, thank you both for joining me uh, this week. Um, and yeah, happy new year when it comes. to next year. Goodbye.